Hello and welcome to the latest Bloodbird podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Joe Rimmer, and we're talking Carabao Cup tonight, so we have rotated the squad. Paul Gorst is here because, Paul, you always demand, like Salah, you, I mean, you didn't start last night, so this analogy doesn't work, but you demand your place in the side. Yeah, yeah. Cups, leagues, just get me in the side. Yeah. I, want, I want to start, yeah. I want minutes, game's under my belt. You're on the pens as well, aren't you? Yeah. Beth Lindbop is here. How are you, Beth? I'm good. Hoping I can emulate Jarrell Quantz's performance from last yeah. night as a, as a sub coming in. So yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. And Steve Kellers here. Obviously, good. Yeah. Don't feel as much as an amazing talent with the creaking bones, but I've no, feel good. No, no. Well, it was um, another good win. Another three-one win. Another <laughs> come from behind win. Uh, Ghosty last night. Uh, just this sort of encouraging season continues. I know it was a, an early goal for Leicester, mm. but Liverpool. I mean, I don't think I've seen a team have so many shots cleared off the line or. You know, go go so close to going in in one game, but um, they got the job done and, and looked quite convincing. Yeah, I'm just going to start sending you the reports before I yeah, yeah. Liverpool win three one and, and they've conceded early. Um, I think now because they conceded first yesterday, I think they've come from behind five times this season now, which is one more than the entirety of last season, which is unbelievable. Really, I mean, I mean that kind of paints the picture of a of a team who are now finding the metal strength once again. I know Klopp said a couple of weeks ago that. He doesn't believe that the, the mentality monsters that they want to wear just yet, but it's certainly a, a good string to have to your bow, isn't it? When you, you go a goal down, you do have that power to come back. And I think now when Liverpool concede, you're never overly concerned. You do think that they've got the strength and depth to come back into the game. And it's a bit of a strange one, you know, me and Steve were there working. And I think Liverpool's just got caught cold a bit, you know, Simicast got stood on and, and if VAR was, was in play I think they'd probably look at that and decide that it, yeah. it is a foul Casey McAteer was their only real threat Leicester he started wide on the left and kind of exposed that Curtis Jones position which I'm sure we'll come on to but other than that he didn't do a thing that they came Green Gallagher didn't have much to do with his hands at all looked as short of the feet as he always does and Liverpool were fully deserving of the win in the end um, just surprised that it took them to the second half to equalise because yeah. Ben Doak Hit you on the side of the bar, Cody Gakpo had one off the line. I think the keeper made a decent save from him. Jota almost got in. And yeah. I think I've seen a tweet from Andrew Beasley at half time that we'll have had 15 shots, which is the most they've had in, in the previous kind of 53 first half, so 56 or something. It was a remarkable stat. It kind of shows you why or how they were dominating, but yeah. dominating in a bit of a new look team. There's you know, some of the patterns weren't there attacking wise, but um don't think there was any ever real concern that Liverpool weren't going to win. Yeah, it's I mean, I started writing down players' names. Usually after a game, you sort of write two or three names down and, and talk about their performances. But I got to the point where I tried almost everyone down because it felt like there were quite a few encouraging performances last night. Um, so I, I put it on you. Um, you you're sitting there shuffling, you look slightly uncomfortable, <laughs> like you're in a job interview. So I put it on you. Who, who stood out for you? Who... Um, any encouraging performances that, that you thought stood start last night? I think the obvious one is Ben Doke. Um, you sort of, I think we, you said um, earlier in the podcast a few days ago, like, doesn't look like a player that's sort of, there's no weak players anymore. And he came in, he took to his own. He's um, started off strong and he's just doing like weird flicks in the box and they're coming off. Like, yeah. he, look, he looks a threat and he looks like someone you can hang your hat on, but it's hard to sort of put any real. Pins on anyone who impressed because everyone done well in the second half. I think the first half, everyone sort of fell down a peg or two. Few strands of frustration when there's quite passive play yeah. from the likes of Simicast and um, Endo, but in the end, they sort of came into their own and yeah. 
Like, like Gorsi said, he didn't really look like any shadow like they were going to get beat in the end. Yeah. What about you, Beth? Who, who stood out for you? I think the obvious one in, in the second half was Dominic Zaboslai, wasn't it? I mean, he only got, what, 25 minutes at the end of the game, but scores that decisive that decisive goal to put Liverpool in front. And, you know, it's a continuation of his exceptional start to, to life in a Liverpool share. And I think the reason fans have taken so, you know, so kindly to him and, and he's such such a fan of what he's done in the opening weeks of the season is, I think even at the height of Liverpool's success under, under Jurgen Klopp, it's always felt like they were missing that world-class central midfielder. Obviously, Fabinho was exceptional in, in that holding role, but in terms of players, you know, the Kevin De Bruyne-esque who can create and, and score from, from midfield, it felt like that was the one sort of missing puzzle piece to this team. And, you know, Sabozlai's come in and he's got a bit of swagger about him as well. You know, he doesn't seem to to feel any pressure wearing that, that infamous number eight shirt for Liverpool. And, you know, I think the fact that the Jürgen Klopp was able to rest him for 70 minutes and then he can come on and make an impact like that is, is a testament to, to how strong this squad is, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about Sabozlai because we've talked about them on yeah. every pod since the start of the season. But you can't not, can you? Ghosty, I mean, it, I think Beth now that they're the swagger that he plays with and to come on and make an impact you know, he doesn't look like a man feeling his way into life at Anfield, does he? Looks like not at all. No, he doesn't look like he's he's one bit phased by the fact yeah. that he's a sixty million player. I've seen quite a few, you know, little bits and pieces saying, you know, what a bargain. But you're not a bargain at sixty million. You're the fourth most expensive player of all time at Liverpool. But he's uh, where, like Beth says, he's in the number eight without any um, any danger of weighing him down. He just looks like he's purpose built to become a star. And I can't believe he's only twenty two. You know, he's um, obviously moved away from Hungary when he was, I think he was like 13, 14. So he's been kind of, he's known he's going to be a, a, a top European player for a good number of years. When he moved to Leipzig, that was a big stepping stone because they're almost a kind of one of the elite feeder clubs, if you like, yeah. to, to the bigger ones, to the to the European giants, the proper ones. And now he's got his move to Liverpool and he's just taken to Anfield like a duck to water. And, and that goal last night was sensational wasn't it you know Gerard-esque De Bruyne-esque whoever you want to say it just crashed in off the underside of the bar and um, like I say you never really felt that Liverpool weren't going to win that but once he pinged that one in he's, he's, the only thought was you know how many is it going to be it reminded me a lot of um, Oxlade Chamberlain's against yeah, yeah. the way one touch get out his feet yeah. and then arrowed um, alongside him still once I talk about Endo a little bit um, we haven't had too many chances to see him in action he, he's it's fair to say I think he struggled in Austria a bit um, and obviously was introduced in difficult circumstances in some of the other games. What did you make of him last night? Um, he seems to use the ball quite well. I suppose it's difficult to sort of analyse him when you're playing against the championship side. Was it encouraging one for him? Yeah, I found it interesting his comments. Um, he said he's been told to play higher up the pitch and yeah. for a player who's sort of settling in, I think we see it with Fabinho, don't we? How, how long it's talking him, I think. Mendo's in the same sort of boat. He's he wasn't maybe out of depth yesterday, but he was sort of maybe a bit sluggish, a bit slow to the play. Um, but he, even in, in flashes, he was like playing out wide, and he was often like the linchpin sort of playing it, starting the attacks from from wide. But in the second half, in particular, when I think only a few times he came out on the counter attack, but most of the time, like, like we said with Fabinho, yeah. he was um, extinguishing fires, and he, he looks looks a threat and. Probably gets one of the easiest assists. It wasn't even an easy assist. It was a great pass for yeah. Sobers Lion. It sort of encapsulates someone who's starting to settle. And I think I said that on the, the debrief yesterday. Klopp's getting more and more options and more and more more of a headache. But I'm sure he's, he's delighted to have more of a headache for selections and injuries. It's an interesting point you make about the pass because I think a lot of people 
it's all about sports, and it was. But I, I noticed that Klopp had mentioned in his press conference after the game, Beth, that Endo got that ball and he fizzed it forward. And it's those sorts of quick balls that he needs to play. And that, I think, was something that Fabinho did so well, didn't he? During his time at Liverpool, he could get the ball forward and not just sideways and backwards, which a lot of players do do in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, last night I was impressed with him in the second half especially, but it wasn't until this morning and I watched a little compilation of eventually yeah, performances. Yeah. I didn't realise sort of how many progressive passes he did, yeah, he did actually yeah. play. And again, it's the sort of thing that, you know, you might dismiss as saying, oh, it's only, you know, a bit... 10 yard pass or whatever but you know it's zipping those balls into to the feet of players you can really go and do some damage at the top end of the pitch and that's integral to to propelling this Liverpool side forward so a really encouraging display from him and I'd be I'd be interested to see him play you know at the weekend to be honest I'm sure we'll get on to yeah. team selection but I think if he's going to excel in a Liverpool shirt he's got to be given a chance in a run of games and I think he acquitted himself really well last night. Yeah. What do you think of this young winger Gerald Quanter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. leaving people to dead. So, yeah. Flash wide forward. Yeah. He, he took that really well, didn't he? You know, it, that's that's what you were hoping Ben Doak was going to do. Ben Doak got it so many times, and every time he gets it, you're on the edge of your seat because yeah. you know he's got the ability to beat a man and, and get the cross in. Sometimes Doak finds himself just holding on to it a little bit too long, and I think that that's come from. I know he didn't ask about Doak, but I think that's come from him always being the best player yeah. whenever he's on the pitch yeah. on the 16s on the 17s. But now he's in the first team. He'll, he'll learn over time to release it yeah. quicker. And Doak, yeah, sorry, Kwanzaa did that too bad. Yeah. And he just ghosted into the box. Where's my man? There's the ball. Chatter sticks it away. And yeah. it was um, it was a great end to the game for him because I think he's been a little bit of a success story already. Yeah. Success story um, for Liverpool, Kwanzaa, because there was loads of chatter, wasn't it, about them not buying a, a fifth centre-back. And um, I could understand it, to be honest. I, I think I probably agreed with it at the time, but... A few games into it, you're starting to see what the picture is now for Kwanzaa and can he make the step up and, you know, I think we will see a lot of him in the Europa League, certainly in the Carnival Cup and it's just a case of when, you know, if he's got someone like a Canate or a Van Dijk next to him, I think that'll only improve him and um, plus he, he had a, an excellent game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Steve, it's funny the concept because I, like Gorsi, I think Liverpool should have signed the centre-half and so that. I still think that might come back to bite them a little bit but young players need chances he's got his chance I mean it, the next 12 months well sorry the rest of the season I should say is massive for him isn't it because if he can if he can continue putting in performances like he has might change Liverpool's strategy perhaps a little bit next summer it's almost a surprise that he's played half a season of men's professional football yeah, yeah. not so long ago he's I think I remember reading a piece from Joey Barton where he said he, he was a bit inexperienced and he's lashing out at plays and stuff like yeah. that and he looked like he's come into his own he looked like a, a perfect deputy to the likes of Canate or even Van Dijk but I just think when you've got the likes of um, Matip out of contract and a few others in defence who not yet stepped up he's putting in them composed performances he's stepping out in the back yeah. and he doesn't look like he's overawed at all there was one moment where he sort of just went through his feet where I think he was sort of caught in between whether to go to a man or tackle but mm. from then he just doesn't look like anyone who's overawed at the challenge he looks like like Curtis Jones and the rest of the young players he's Every minute of it. Thanks for mentioning Curtis <laughs> Jones because that's a good segue, Beth. Um, captain his boyhood club last night, playing in this right back role, which um, I suppose Klopp didn't have a great deal of options, but the hybrid role. Um, what did you make of his performance? And you know, it, it's just been a good season for him. I mean, even in difficult circumstances last night, makes some out and makes something out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it has, and obviously a hugely proud moment for him, captain in his, his boyhood club, and totally deserved as well. I think. 
you know, if you look at the end of last season and the unbeaten run that Liverpool are on, I think it's 19 games yeah. now unbeaten in all competitions. He's been an integral part of that. And for, you know, the club to bring in world-class players or players who could very much be world-class players in Alexis McAllister and Dominic Zabozlai and Curtis Jones to still be retaining a spot in, in this Liverpool side is a testament to, to how highly he must be thought of by, by Jürgen Klopp, I think. Playing him in that right back or hybrids, full back role, whatever you want to call it, that's not where you're going to see the best of him. I think, you know, a, a large part of, of that Leicester goal was came down to to a lack of defensive awareness. I think from Curtis Jones, he just lets McAteer run off his shoulder, and I think, you know, I wouldn't like to see him play there too frequently. I suppose in games against lesser opposition, it, it's an option, um, and you know, certainly there's obviously a willingness from from Jones to help the team where possible, which is always positive. But yeah, I think, you know, an excellent. An excellent few months for him and, and long may it continue. Yeah. Cool. See, I don't talk about it a great deal because I might just podcast to be all about me. But I love the Carabao coffee. <laughs> it's just it's great fun, isn't it? And I, I, last night, another good win. You know, you see good goals, you see a bit of chaos, you see different plans. Yeah. But I mean, I suppose I, I, I think of it as, as quite an important competition, especially when you've got a big squad, you've got young players coming through. And this was a great example, wasn't it, last night of Klopp being able to use his squad, bring on some senior stars, blood some young players. I mean, it it would be good if they can stay in this competition, won't it? Because it would yeah. get people a chance. I'm totally with you on the Carabao Cup, love them, by the way. Yes. They're, they're all night games. Yeah. Um, when, you get, when you're out of VAR, is another thing. No VAR. Straight yeah. to pens, not, not yeah. this messing about with extra yeah. time. Yeah. Um, when you're out of it, it's not disrupting your, your weekend schedule because, you know, say they've got the FA Cup yeah. in the third round and they're not playing on the fourth yeah. round, are they? Yeah. You get two players you don't really see too often. There's always a, a crazy game at some stage of the competition. And it's all done and dusted by February, so I'm all for the, yeah. the, the Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah but, but you're right. It is, you know, it's obviously the fourth priority for the pool. Maybe, maybe it should be third, but... Uh, oh, and also you don't get people moaning about disrespecting the cup. And I don't, you can, can do what you want. Do whatever you want. You enjoy it. Maybe in midfield and no one's yeah. no yeah. banned an eyelid. Yeah, no um, impression. But yeah, it, it is. It's 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 important in terms of you know the the strength and depth the club's got means that they can have a good a right old go of it. And they're not having look last night. There was no Salah. Yeah, Van Dijk was kicking his heels on the bench. No Andy Robertson. No Alison Becker. Luis Diaz was on the bench, and they're still getting through quite comfortably. Using players like Ben Doak and Jarrell Kwanzaa, and you know even to a lesser extent Endo, who's not yeah. not played too many minutes. And then um, he is showing the, the true power of a squad by bringing on the likes of Nunes and, and there was like, you know, 60 million players apiece, aren't they? And um, the thing that thing that excites me, is I think I might have mentioned that on, on Monday's part, is Liverpool's front options are so strong that whatever team Klopp wants to play, there's always going to be at least two international calibre forwards in that, yeah. in that department, whether it's Diaz or Nunes, yeah. Chato, Gakpo. Probably not going to use Salah too much in it until maybe the semi-finals, but that is strong enough to score goals whoever they're against. So um, why not go for it? You know, look at who are the outs. You know, yeah. there's a string of Premier League clubs, including Man City. Yeah. Um, I think Newcastle have got United, have they? Um, yeah. So one of those two are going to go out. So why can't Liverpool go for it? Yeah. You know, they're not going to have to use the big hitters every week in this competition. So let's go for it and see where they end up. It's a momentum builder as well, isn't it? You know what? I know things have fallen apart a bit for them, but you know United were last season, and there was like a feel good factor for them, and and I think it helped massively in the season of went for all four, um, winning that competition. It just and it gets people. You know, I think about that season. You think about Minamino. It had him involved, and he yeah. had great Origi as well. They had great moments. Minamino's goal against Leicester, 
that the must put them in a really good place wherever you need them. And that's the reason. Well, that's well um, Peplin said on, on Tuesday that Joss has said to him, you know, the most important thing about that quadruple season is we stay in the League Cup until right, right to the end yeah. because you win it and then there's a feel-good factor around the place. Suddenly, Klopp starts getting asked questions about extending the stay and everyone's in, in great mood and, you know, a huge morale boost for you to take into that kind of final third of the season, which we know Liverpool typically come on strong anyway, don't they? So um, I see no reason why they, why they shouldn't be going for it. Okay, the, the prize money and all that is nowhere near, yeah. uh, you know, Champions League or anything like that. But um, there's a reason Liverpool have won it nine times and they're going for a tenth, a record tenth, is because there's the, the kind of spring more that gives you for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um just a quick word to stay on, on Darwin Nunes, who just seems to have this ability to, to lift Anfield. And, you know, again, he didn't score last night, but he, he seemed to be involved in so many chances. He seemed to put Liverpool back on the front foot and give them a bit more emphasis when they needed it. I mean, he's a massive favourite, isn't he? And you kind of need those players when you when you gather in momentum as a team, don't you? He doesn't even look like he needs to do anything to lift the crowd. No, no, no. He literally just steps up and gets a few instructions and instantly the crowd's singing his name and... Even as I think it's his first involvement in the game, he's, he's I think Leicester were pretty consistent in playing out from the back, and it probably yeah. played into Liverpool's hands a bit too yeah. much. But Liverpool were like harrying in the press. I've said it all season; they've been relentless, and it's been a, a joy to watch, and especially with Nunes gathering that confidence and just on the earlier points about the Carabao Cup. Gakpo's been struggling this season; he, he takes a, a touch and a goal, and the way he finishes with a plump for someone who doesn't really. Wasn't wasn't having much confidence a few weeks ago, and he finished it like a thirty goals a season striker. And I think with Nunes, it's one of them players that you want to see on the pitch because he is just someone who just causes chaos, and yeah. it's just an absolute joy to watch. The fans feed Dudley off his enthusiasm, and, and I think his teammates do as well. He, he he creates space, and even when you know that he overruns things, you know he, he had a shot the day after coming on, and he probably could have played a pass a couple of times, and then end up having a shot putting it wide, but. You need that enthusiasm in the team, don't you? You need that sort of that desire. Um, it, it does open things up for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, after last season, obviously was was quite turbulent for him, and it's mm-hmm. great to see now he, he must feel ten foot tall every yeah. time he mm-hmm. walks on the pitch, and he looks happy. Yeah, he's it. he looks so much more relaxed. I think I don't know if it was Lindsay who said the other day, you know, his English is much better now, and he just seems to be be settling in in all aspects on the pitch. But yeah, he, he's a a top player I think you know most Liverpool fans have, have seen that potential in him for a long time and I think the nice thing now is you know when he spurns a good chance his head doesn't drop he doesn't look frustrated he just keeps on going he missed a couple of half decent chances last night but you don't feel like that's going to knock him back at all and you know that's great to see and hopefully he'll continue com- improving over the course of the season A quick word before we move on from the game uh, of course the on gag post he's just mentioned him um, a much needed goal he seems to be involved in quite a lot of moments it was unlucky I think big time on the header that, that Comedy cleared up. Yeah, he, he had a good game. I, I, I like watching Gak Boston in the middle because he's got this this touch. He just brings it on the control. He's so smooth on the half turn and, and turns and gets off. And got a bit of Firmino about him. Yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to make him into the kind of Firmino mark too. Aren't they? He obviously made his name as a left sided forward with, with Holland and PSV, but um, a little bit of a tactical adjustment yeah. since he's been at Liverpool. But yeah, it was um, he took his goal really well. He was unlucky with, I think it was Conor Cody who blocked it on the line. In the first half with with the header, um, there's another one which the keeper saved. But yeah, he's a, he's um, I think was that his second goal of the season after the Wolves game. Yeah. The um, I think it's just going to be fascinating now for Liverpool's front five to see yeah. 
how many can they end up with as a collective? Because I think they're on to 15 or 16 now, yeah. Um, you'd imagine Salah's going to get upwards of 20 and, and Nunes is, is up there. And, um, Just, I've yeah. never seen a player more in my life score so many snide goals. I mean that in a good way. Just comes on, he seems to get on every game. It's just like a little tap. He's a little special, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's and and Gakpo again is is um, another one who's who's um, learning all the time. And you know, it's I still think it's going to be Diaz and Nunes for Tottenham, but um, yeah. Gakpo done his chances now. Last night, we'll talk Tottenham in a minute. Um, but before we do, Beth, seeing as you're here, we, um, the WSL starts this weekend. And the fixture list has handed Liverpool a um, a doozy, hasn't it? With um, going to Arsenal away, it has. Um, and they've sold fifty thousand tickets. So it's it's going to be an incredible occasion. Um, just give give us a little bit of an overview of the season, looking ahead to the season. Um, where will Matt Beard's side be hoping to finish? And pretty tricky one to start with, although they did start the tricky one last year as well yeah absolutely they, they beat Chelsea on the opening day of the season last year so I suppose that gives them a good blueprint to follow and um, go into the Emirates on Sunday but I mean first of all it's just nice to be back in WSL action because it's more than, been ages. Yeah, more, more than four months yeah. since feel like a long time yeah it's just been sitting around yeah just been twiddling my thumbs yeah. the whole summer um, but no so it's great to, to finally be back and obviously Liverpool have as a result of that prolonged break for the Women's World Cup have had a long pre-season and time for the new signings to prepare they've brought seven new players in and they've made a club record signing in the new striker Sophie Bowman Hogg who's obviously brought in to replace Katie Stengel who was who left and I think you know that's a that's a blow for Liverpool you know she scored 10 goals last season which might not sound like a lot but she was comfortably the top scorer I think Missy Bokerns was next with, with four goals across the season so um, you know she will be a, a miss up front but hopefully Roman Hall coming in a, a Norwegian international will will sort of Fill in, fill up, fill that void, and and more. And you know, I think Liverpool last season, Matt Beard was quite candid about the fact he wanted to survive. Obviously, it was the first season back in the WSL, and he said this season, you know, we want to better that. You know, they finished seventh in the WSL last season, and I think now the difficult thing is there's still such a disparity in, in quality and funds between the top four, the likes of Chelsea and, and Arsenal and Manchester City. But I think Liverpool have have really really recruited well over the summer and really shown a, a statement of intent, you know, moving to Melwoods yeah. as well. And mm. I think for a long time, the club have had it levels and they've neglected the women's team. I think that's absolutely been the case. Mm. Um, you, you know, you only have to look at them being relegated to the championship when, when Jürgen Klopp's side won the Premier League to, to see that. But um, I think now that they, they seem to be really sort of committed to, to building the, the women's team up and, you know, fingers crossed they can start with a, with a win on Sunday. I feel like they're doing it in probably mirroring the first team in a, in a slow build you know it's not like you say there's there's more money at other teams but it doesn't feel like they're just throwing money out. it feels like they're building it up slow yeah it feels like there is a real strategy to it and you know it will probably take another few transfer windows before I think Liverpool are competing at the top end of the table but I thought it was quite interesting the other day because like I say Matt Beard last season was very frank about was about survival but he, the other day came out and said it'd be nice to win some silverware this season and but that was really positive to see that the club are obviously now really sort of they're not content with finishing mid-table they want to be up there with with those elite sides and it will be a real test for them on Sunday Arsenal are a top side they finished third last season and they'll be going for the title this season but you know they were beaten a couple of weeks ago they went out of the Champions League in, in the first qualifying round so they're not infallible and um, they were beaten on the last day of last season as well by Aston Villa so I think 
you know, the pressure's off Liverpool a little bit. I'm not sure anyone will be expecting them to, to go to the Emirates and, and to get a result. So that could all sort of play into their hands, I think, on Sunday. Just to kind of interject and, and take your job for a minute, Joe, um, we've seen the, um, obviously we've seen the, the boom period from, from the Euros was it last summer. What do you think, what's the legacy going to be from the World Cup? Hopefully it will just continue that. I mean, a few months ago, I went down to St. George's Park and spoke to, to Baroness Sue Campbell, who's the director of, of women's football at the FA. And I think the word she used was it's turbocharged, the already mm. turbocharged interest in the women's game. And we saw that. And, you know, it's great to see, you know, for example, on Sunday, 50,000 tickets being sold at the Emirates. The difference, the task now, I guess, is, is ensuring that it's not just these sort of big marquee games that attract, yeah. attract big mm. crowds. And, you know, where Liverpool play, Aston Villa at Prenton Park the following weekend. How many people will be there? You know, will it be a few thousands or can we start getting upwards of, you know, five, ten thousand going to, to games consistently? And hopefully that's what the legacy of the World Cup will be. And, you know, for anyone who, who watched those games, hopefully, you know, they'll see that there is, it's obviously different to the men's game. It might be a different intensity, a different physicality, but it's still top quality football. And I think, you know, if you can, if you've got a spare afternoon to go and get behind the girls, either at Prenton Park or Walton Hall Park, um, for, for Everton or whatever, then you know it, it, it'd be great to see that, mm. them getting record crowds week in week out. Thanks, Beth. Sounds great, and it's going to be. Um, I, I've told Beth that she needs to come on the podcast more often <laughs> so we can talk uh, Liverpool women because um, yeah, you you don't don't turn up enough on this <laughs> podcast. So yeah, that will be um, for the season ahead. Well, Liverpool's men's team are also in North London uh, staying at the weekend. Tottenham. I mean, this is the biggest test of the season so far, isn't it? They're a buoyant Tottenham side. Seems to have a great, charismatic new manager, um, and they're going to be a tough test, aren't they? Yeah, I think with that newfound confidence from Spurs, the sort of providing that that threat to the top four, they've, they've been in and around it. But I think, especially with the show against Arsenal, where they bouncing back almost straight away. Um, interesting to see how they line up with the belt, but see how Madison is. Um, Looks like he's going to be fit, doesn't it, I think. Yeah, he's obviously going to be the key player. There's no Mary Kane, but it seems like he's fit that mental, uh, man yeah. up. Uh, even better, maybe not so with the goals, but him and Son seem to... A better team for it, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I, I never thought I'd say that. I honestly thought after Kane, they would really struggle, but mm. they seem to knit together better and... <clears throat> Yeah, they just seem the best too. Feels like it's the first time in a few years, you're not just focusing on Kane and Son. It's probably yeah. focusing on Son maybe, but you, you're looking at the whole team. There's yeah. threads across that he spelled well. Mickey van der Ven, obviously, who we know is in Liverpool throughout the summer. Centre-back's good as well. Yeah, and it's one of them things, it's another test for Liverpool, but it's probably one that you don't want to be falling 1-0 behind. Obviously, they've shown that character against Newcastle, which obviously one of the best comebacks they've seen under the Jürgen Klopp so far. But it's just one of them games where I think Liverpool just have to go hammer and hammer. They always have it. Klopp's certainly enjoying this football, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. They've done well at Spurs previously, but this, this feels a little bit different, doesn't it? I, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect in the weekend. No, I don't. To be honest, I mean, see, you mentioned there about you know some of the players looking good, and and Basuma looks like a bright chance as well. It looks like you know the, the player who he was a bright. I'm not too sure what's happened there. Maybe um, maybe playing devil's advocate a bit here, but I think. Tottenham made the best start for, for decades the start of last season under Conte and it, and it quickly unravelled didn't it yeah. so maybe you'd, you'd temper that by saying they've massively turned the call I, I, I'm like you I'm surprised by how well they've mm-hmm. navigated you know a, a caneless squad if you like and they, they haven't really replaced them in the transfer market Richarlison being asked to step up and Son is now undoubtedly the main man isn't he as captain but it's always a test there people have got generally a really good record against Spurs over the years the last sort of 10 years 
but it's never easy away from home. It's um, I feel like this for all the optimism that's been building for the last what six six to eight weeks. I think this will be one where you might get a bit of a reality check, or you're starting. Well, what what can this team do? Because yeah. it's um, it's going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like a bit of a, a bit of a love in, but do quite like post He was a big Liverpool fan, wasn't he? It just yeah. seems like he seems like the type of manager you can get behind. That there's no wonder he's become so popular so quickly. Yeah, I mean, not to give me mum a shout out on the pod, but she for years has been do. saying that that we should get Postecoglou at Liverpool. So um, yeah, he's well, since like his Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne she's victory days. Yeah, she's yeah. been touting him since then. No, um, probably more since his Celtic days. But um, but yeah, he, he seems like a a great fella, doesn't he? And I think there's probably similarities in, in a sense between where Liverpool and Tottenham are at at the moment. They've both got some some young players. It feels like they're at the start of a, of a journey almost in a rebuild. And it's sort of, it will be interesting to see how they go head to head. I think it will be a real test. But I think I think the nice thing now is, you know, I found myself getting a bit nervous about this game the other day. And then I thought, well, will Dominic Zabozlai be, be dreading this this trip to Tottenham? Will he be nervous? Now, you, you feel like this, this yeah. Liverpool team now have a bit of swagger and a bit of confidence about them. And I think as much as it will be a real test, I think they will feel like it's a test that they can they can really take on and relish. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be quite close either way. Yeah, yeah. Let's pick up teams. Um, Alisson's back in goal, isn't he, Steve? How, yeah. How's your back for lining up then? Let's say Trent's fit. Let's say Trent's fit. I still stick with Gomez. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just think you don't want to, there's too many games left in the season for just to throw someone in as yeah. good as Trent is. But I think Liverpool for having these sort of circumstances don't be a team who are bubbling like Spurs. Yeah. Liverpool will just go there and just Pause, <laughs> I, think, I think Liverpool are in the perfect moment to do that and I think you don't want to disrupt the team too much but I think the, the formula has sort of been building with um, with Gomez at right back maybe not matter because I think Canardi will deal well with Son's sort of threat on the break but I think the back four remains unchanged yeah yeah. Go on, you go on with that no, I'll I, I bring Trent back in I just yeah. think for all all the um, strides that Gomez has made of late I just think Trent is just a game changer. As soon as he gets the ball, no matter where he is on the pitch, you're on the edge of your seat, thinking this this could be a chance for Liverpool, and you don't get that with Gomez. Um, so I'm bringing Trent back in, uh, Andy Robertson's back in, Virgil van Dijk is back in, and Canate keeps his place. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, what Trent offers going forward, I think it could be quite a high-scoring game. So I think, you know, having someone with his creativity on the pitch could be a real game changer for Liverpool so uh, yeah I would go the same as Glossy I'm going to agree with Steve I think um, I, I, I just especially with the type of injury Trent's had I, I think it could be quite a tough game to throw him back into obviously um, Newcastle was quite a difficult one for him so I don't know um, we'll say that they got bright the following week haven't they so uh, um, yeah it's, it's probably not the ideal time to throw him back in but yeah I thought Gomez has done well so I'll keep him in there but we'll start with you in midfield um, obviously Dom um, but you, you hinted before that you might start Endo in there. Yeah, I think you know it's it's a game where we might need someone to sort of break up that that play in the in the middle of the park or you know some, stop some counter attacks. I think Curtis Jones as well as he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think allowing Alexis McAllister to play a little bit further forward in his preferred position. I don't think Clot will do this, by the way. I think he will probably stick with Jones. Team, yeah. Um, what does Clot know? Um, yeah, I think sticking with. I, th- I think he will stick with Jones, McAllister and Sabozlai, but I will be tempted to, to have McAllister a bit further forward and, and put Endo in there and just see what he can do. You know, if it doesn't work out, then take him off at half-time if he's having a bad game. But um, but yeah, I think I'd, I'd give him a whirl because I think that's the only way we're going to see what he's made of. Yeah, I think if, if it does a shelf for Endo, I think it'll be with 20 minutes to go. 
protect the lead, a potential lead, and share out. I think they're trying to reinvent McAllister a little bit at the moment, are they? And I think ultimately, you know, hopefully I'm not disparaging Endo too much, but I think this might be one of those games where you lament the failure to get a really world-class number six. Um, McAllister is adjusting on the job and learning the role as the weeks go by. But I think he'll probably stick with him and then Zabozlai and, and Jones. Steve? I think Endo's a good shout. With obviously I hope as soon as played this season it's going to be a, like a bit like Chelsea at the beginning of the season but I just think Jones I've seen it yesterday where one of them players you don't know what he does on the pitch but he does something and you don't realise how much of an impact he plays of. Mm. I think Miss Callis I've seen him in person I think makes a, makes a big difference yeah, in the press yeah. box last night but I, but I do think with Jones he, he does a lot of the dirty work especially on the left hand side and, and I think watching him and watching how he plays Tactically, make makes a massive difference. That's what I mean. He, you don't really know, like, he just goes so unnoticed. Obviously, he doesn't play the flash balls. He yeah. you know, tried to play a few yeah. in behind the defence, but I think he has to keep his position. McAllister, obviously, what, what he shows against um, West Ham with that pass from from deep, I think it could be a decent chance to unlock that back four of Spurs if they if they looking to go toe to toe with Liverpool. Yeah, I, I, you made a good a good case, Ren, though. But but I think for Liverpool in this game. The key will try be to try and score early and try and yeah. stop that spares bubble as you mentioned before, Steve. So I think they will go with McAllister and they will just try and get. Unfortunately, I don't really think they've got the personnel to sort of defend. So I think they will try and get and score. Steve, we'll go back to you for a um, forward line. I mean, there's so many options, isn't there? Yeah, there's so many options, but I don't think it changes. I think they're very much well, the, in the league from league. Yeah, but I think they, they've all pretty much <laughs> nailed on the positions. I think, but. I've, it's almost brinkmanship between the, the front five, isn't it? Where you don't know if you don't play, if you have maybe drop a seven out of ten, and someone does an eight, then next yeah. they're in. It's it's perfect for Liverpool, and I think for that it's just got to be more business as usual. Obviously, Gakpo did play well, yeah. and it's probably back in my mind. I do think Liverpool could go back to what they did against Wolves, where Gakpo does play as that that false nine just to draw them out. But yeah. I just think when when Nunes and just the lefty rings to the rest of the squad, it's just. Yeah. It's phenomenal, and then I think with his pressing as well, Spurs haven't dealt with anything like that so far this season under the new era of Costa Coglu. But I think that could be key. Yeah, I wonder whether Nunes might go on the left because I remember at the game last season, Trent just picking him off for fun in that first half, and he caused all kinds of problems. Nunes with his, his, you know, was running in behind and his pace and his power. And if Spurs, you know, probably doesn't happen to the pill too often, but if Spurs push up, there is that space in behind to exploit. Yeah. So I just wonder whether he might go with Nunes off the left and possibly Gakpo through the middle. Um, but, it, you know, as you say, if it's my team, I'm probably sticking with the West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Nunes down the middle and Diaz off the left. Yeah, so. yeah same. Although I think Shotter's definitely going to come on and score a 90th minute winner. A little snide, yeah. little tap yeah. in a 90th minute. I'd take that all day. Yeah, I, 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 I would do yeah. the same. <laughs> um, predictions quickly. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. I think uh, a lot of goals in this. A lot of excitement. I just fancy Liverpool to get a couple, but I think it will be tough. Gav? 3-2 with Jota scoring the winner. There we go. Yeah, the first. Go on, Steve. Yeah, I think she an entertaining draw. Um be huge if Liverpool could win, actually, but yeah. I'd take the draw. Best of the storm, I was thinking 3-2, so I'm going to go 4-2. I reckon there'll be, be a few penalties in there with Romero and his, his rashness. Yeah, yeah, fair play. I hope you're right, Steve. We will be back on Monday to talk about that Spurs game, uh, to look ahead to the Europa League and much more. Thank you all very much for joining me. See you then.
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.